You're listening to the Anchor Faith Church Message Podcast with our senior pastor, Earl Glisson. Enjoy the message. If you have your Bible, turn over to Matthew chapter 4, verse 17. Matthew chapter 4, verse 17. We're going to talk about a kingdom principle tonight. Um, I appreciate that time. He's not letting me preach it, but you did let me get a lot of points down, and we'll come back to that message in due time. Amen? You know, um, obviously we are led by the Spirit here at Anchor Faith Church, and um, sometimes you want to, you hear some things by the Spirit, and you only need a couple things, then you can start going. And uh, sometimes when you get a thing, it doesn't necessarily mean it's for now. Um, It may be just for you, or it may be for another time. Um, you know, again, have we not been teaching, I will follow, how to be led by the spirit of the kingdom. And um, so, you know, something was rolling in my spirit, and um, it was strong enough that I thought it would be, uh, we should stop for a moment, right? Because we have time. Um, if we do what God wants, then we'll get what God is doing. Amen? All right. So when we talk about a principle, we're talking about a kingdom, uh, a kingdom principle. Again, we are... The Bible's about a king, his kingdom, and his royal offspring. And again, just real quick, these scriptures are not going to come up, um, but you can write these down um, because, you know, I want to say a few things real fast. Uh, I don't want to get, you know, in that specific vein of teaching, but uh, in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, it says, And God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness, and let him have dominion or rule over the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, over all the cattle, over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth and over all the earth. It's not necessarily in that order, but all those elements are in there. And so uh, what we key in on is that God and his original purpose for man was him to be a ruler. And he was to rule in the earth as God ruled in heaven. And um, we were the image of God. We were like him. We were of his substance. In essence, we were royalty. He is the king of kings, okay? And so that was our primary purpose. Uh, But God had to find out if man would willingly love him because he created man as a free will agent, meaning we have the right to choose because um, you do not love someone if you're forced, okay? Um, You must choose that. Now, if you choose to not be with love, which is God, then you choose death, okay? And um, so, you know, uh, the opposite of love is not hate because God hates some things, all right? Um, But, you know, death is the opposite of love because if you're separated from God, then you are basically dead, right? Death just means separation. So um, we were created to rule and reign. And when Adam fell from dominion by disobeying God concerning eating the fruit of of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, he handed his dominion over to the devil, um, the one who deceived Eve, and he willfully rebelled against God and gave it to him. And then we, at this point, even though many dispensations or many time slots of man in dealing with God have gone from that point forward, I have a very powerful message for women concerning that event in Genesis chapter 3. So I'm jockeying for Mother's Day right now. Very powerful message uh, for women. Um, But with that being said, many things have gone through where man's relationship with God is, you know, based upon certain types of 
guidelines or things spoken by God. We are in one called the age of grace or the age of the church, or as we've been studying not too long ago, the last of the last days. We're in the last days, right, uh, before the return of the king or the catching away of the church, and then the king will return at that point. And the Bible's about the king, the kingdom, and his royal offspring. We're bringing this into when Jesus would come and restore back to man what Adam lost, and that is uh, his dominion. Uh, Jesus did not come to bring heaven, to give man a pass to heaven, but desired for heaven to come to man. Okay? And so um, when God came here, which, you know, again, Jesus means Emmanuel or God with us. God was with Adam in the garden. God wants to be with man now. God was with man dur during different times by speaking to the prophet, speaking to the king, speaking to uh, the priest. Um, and then he was with us through Jesus. And now he's in us because those who've called on the name of Jesus are born again. And we have the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. Okay, and so in Matthew chapter 4, verse 17, Jesus says, and from that time, Jesus began to preach and say, repent for, because the Bible's about a king, his kingdom, and his royal offspring, the kingdom of heaven is at hand, or it's in your midst, it's within your grasp, okay, which means he's not going to tell you it's, it, it's able to be uh, taken a hold of unless you could take a hold of, and he's not saying it's in your midst because when you die, you get to go to it. He's saying that it's within your midst, it's, it's, it's right within reach, but in order for the kingdom of heaven to get within reach of you, where you can reach out and grab it, you can take hold of it. And I'm not talking physically, I'm talking about its uh, authority, its power, its principles, though it will physically manifest. He says, in order for that to take place, you first repent. Now, unfortunately, the Bible has been kind of moved in some directions that has made it a little more religious in thought. And uh, I'm doing another revision to the four currently at this time, and um, so we kind of deal with the subject of religion in general. When I say religion, what I'm saying is, is that people are out there with a belief system that's not actually founded on something. They've taken religion as a belief system, and that is a true statement, but basically, how do you know what you believe is more than what they believe? Okay? Now we say we believe that Jesus died on the cross. Okay, but what makes him more powerful than Muhammad? What makes him more powerful than Buddha? What makes him more powerful? Because if you just keep it in the realm of somebody saying something, then anyone could argue that point. But again, he, this is a government. Okay? So we're not in, we, our belief system or our religion in that context is, is straightly uh, connected to a government that exists right now in heaven physically, but by authority in the earth. Okay? So that belief is different because it's everybody in this room. If we get on old Moultrie right now and we pull out and we take off and hit 100 by the time we pass Walmart, if there's a police officer there, whether you like the police or not, whether you are a fan of police or not a fan of police, we all know that they have a right legally because you are going 100 miles an hour in a 45 to stop you. Right? Now, even if you're like, I won't accept this ticket. Right? Even if you're like, I'm not going to stop for them. We still all have a belief that they can do what they could do. But when you just have belief, 
and it's not based upon a government, well, then, you know, maybe Jesus will do what he does, and maybe he won't. Don't. Maybe Muhammad will do what he said, maybe he won't. Maybe, you know, Buddha will do what he said, maybe he won't. Maybe um, one of the hundreds of thousand gods in India, and I can't mention their names right now, maybe the, the big elephant or the black monkey or, I mean, there's all kind of idols. Uh, the, the golden woman in Burma that lays on her side, and I don't know her name, but she's full of gold. I mean, she's huge. Maybe she'll do something. Okay? But we, whether we ag agree or anything, we know they do have it. So when you understand God's in a kingdom, he's going to do what he said. And whether you believe in Jesus or not, because all of us kind of have this fundamental principle in a sense of if we understand God or, or acknowledge there is a God, then God does what he says. But if you don't have him connected to what he, he connects himself to, which is a kingdom, you know, then religion would be a, a, a challenge or it definitely can't be debated. But I'm not debating a belief system. I'm communicating to you a government. And so Jesus is doing the same. He said, I'm communicating you a government because what you're seeing and how you respond to worldly governments and how the system of this world's operating, you're going to have to repent because repent's not a religious word. It doesn't mean, you know, ask God to forgive you so you can go to heaven. That's not what repent means. Repent does not mean I feel sorry that I blew it. That's not what repent means. Repent means change your thinking. So Jesus says, listen, the kingdom of God is within grasp of you. You could grab hold of this thing. You could take it to yourself, but you will only do that when you change your thinking. Okay? Well, why does he tell us to change his thinking? Because he's starting to introduce that when my kingdom manifests, and as I'm here to represent it, there's a principle in my kingdom for you to be able to grab hold of this thing, take possession of it, to get it to manifest from its unseen realm into its seen realm through your lives. I'm going to have to talk to you about the education system of the kingdom. Okay? So the kingdom education principle is this. It's the education system. The education system is designed to transfer, to reinforce, to teach with repetition the laws, values, morals, and manners of the king and the kingdom to succeeding generations and new citizens. So the minute you become a child of God, the minute you become, the minute you become a new citizen, if you're going to be a citizen of the United States, what, are the, what do they do? They send you to school. They teach you. In fact, I would submit to you some who've just received their citizenship know more history about the United States than those that are actually born in the nation. They have more understanding of why we are here, how we came about, what our failures are, what our successes are, because they had to pass the test. Okay? Well, we were just born here, and so we kind of decide how we want this thing to be. Well, you understand there are principles, there are values, there are morals, there are laws associated with our nation that we are to learn of, okay? And unlike ours, which we vote in natural man, God is the authority of his kingdom, and he's not a man that he should lie, so his laws are perfect. Now, again, when I say law, please do not lock up religiously and say, oh, my gosh, this is a church that's preaching on the law. We've been redeemed from the law. Well, you have been redeemed from the law 
of sin and death. But, and if you have been redeemed from the law of sin and death, then you are over into a new law called the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. And you better hope it's a law. Because if it's not, then the devil is going to be able to put a pretty good case on your life in front of God. You're going to want God when he stands on the judgment seat to be able to say, but I got a book. And it's legally binding. That's got this person's name in it. So all the stuff you're talking about right now is not a part of their account because they've been redeemed from that book. And I got plenty of them over there. In fact, when the, when the, ju- the great white throne judgment comes, I'm going to pull those books out. But their name's not over there because if their name's in the Lamb's book of life, then their name can't be over there. Are you with me? And you're going to be glad that it's legally binding for all eternity. Now, we're not talking legalism, and all that really means is is hearing God's word and you deciding. I'm going to just give you a simple definition of legalism. Is you're hearing God's word and you decide how you're going to fulfill it without his help. That's legalism. You're hearing God's word. You know exactly what he says to do, but you're going to do it the way you want to do it and not having his help. That, and then you're going to tell people that's how it's done. But when it comes to the law of spirit and life, God can tell me something and he means it. And I am to do it, not because I'm forced, but because I lovingly want to obey the family. And we know, according to the family and according to his kingdom, there are things that bring life, and it's his word. And to not do that will not bring it. So I love to run and do, because I know the choice to not does not please him and ultimately can bring separation. Are you with me? Okay. So we did everything to try to be right with God. Am I talking to any believers today? Okay. We tried to do things to be right with God, but God being rich in his mercy, right? And we realized I need a savior. I need Jesus as Lord. I need his blood. I can't do it. We all kind of came to that moment by the Holy Ghost that we can't do it ourselves. But I'm always surprised that the minute a person confessed Jesus as Lord, it's like, but God can't really educate me. The biggest miracle he does is save me so I don't die and go to hell. Yet, you didn't know what to do to be right with him now that he's made you right in a moment. You want him to make you right, change your mind or Put a new brain in you to where now all your choices because God's in you must be a God choice. But it's not a God choice unless you repent. You change your thinking. Now, Jesus demonstrates this real clear in the very next chapter, Matthew chapter 5. I'm not going to read it all, but we'll kind of set it up. Verse 17 to 21, he says this. Do you think, (laughs) right? So since we're thinking, turn to your neighbor and say, since you're thinking... Think. You know what movie that's from? Remember the Titans. Yeah, very good. Since you're thinking, think. Right, Petey? Come on, Petey. Since you're thinking, think. Is football fun? Right? Oh, living for God's fun? Is it fun? 
Is it fun? Is it fun? Zero fun, sir. I'm going to show you how much fun it is to live for Jesus tonight. Okay? So do you not, do not think. So he's just telling you. Now don't think this. Do not think that I came to abolish the law or the prophets. So this is the first problem when people say we're not under the law. You're not under the law in the context that you are trying to do something yourself independent of God. Okay. He said, I did not come to abolish it, but to what? Fulfill it. All right. For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not the smallest letter or stroke shall pass from the law until all is accomplished. Now, Jesus fulfills, right? He fulfills the law, meaning he had the capacity to live by the law and fulfill it without failure. We would never be able to do that because our nature, our spirit man, was rebellious because we were of our daddy, um, the devil, we're liars, right? We are of that nature, the fallen nature of Adam. Jesus is not that, okay? So Jesus fulfills it. So when we're in Christ, we fulfill law. We don't ignore it. We fulfill it, okay? Because again, one of the Ten Commandments is thou shalt not. Now, isn't that under grace right now? Grace empowers us to not kill somebody. <laughs> okay. Verse 19. Whoever then annuls one of the least of these commands and what? Teaches others to do the same shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever keeps and teaches. So we already see that the kingdom of heaven has this education system. Right? And let me tell you something. This should be great for us because I'm telling you right now. Man, you have been championing education for years. You yourself, because your mom and your daddy said, man, you got to go get an education. You got to go get a degree. You got to go get an education. You got to go get a degree. Because the better your education, the better you are as a person. Is that true? It's absolutely not truth. In fact, we have some of the most educated people on, in our nation right now that are some of the most evil, vile, wicked Wicked people, right? Because knowing something does not change your nature. But since we're there, I have no problem with education, okay? I have no problem with education. I'm just saying we get behind. I'm talking Christian parents will take their little babies and raise them to train them up in the way they should go, bring them to church, and then say, now you got to go to college and I'm going to put you out there. <laughs> I'm not going to check if there's a church. Oh, I'm preaching so much better than your amen. I'm not going to check if there's a church because I want you to go to this university. It's prestigious. If you get a degree from here, if you get this degree, and we put and next thing you know, man, the whole institution gobbles them. And we want to know why. And it's statistic. Statistic. More Christian young people backslide and rebel against God in college. And you know what? I'm looking at some of them right now. What I'm saying is, you know, when you went, you backslid, you fell off, and you're like, 
Thank God parents put something in me and I, had to, I finally got out of the sewer. I'm just saying, we'll throw them to the wolves because we are firmly persuaded. They need an education, but we're not really educating them in the Word because we ourselves aren't educating ourselves in the Word. This is why parents like to send their kids off to school and not do homework with them because their homework reveals their ignorance. That's all right. Y'all okay with me today? I'm just saying that there's no subject matter that your kids are, are, are under that you could not continue to keep your mind sharp in. That's all I'm saying. Now, I don't know everything. Don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not getting up here because I'm not going to sing to you all of the presidents, all 45 of them, like my kindergartners can in Washington. I do not know their names. Okay? I will admit, I have not submitted myself to that reputation so that I have it there. But my point is, the, the only reason it's there is because I choose to not let it be there. It's a choice. It's a choice. Because why do, what, how, do we, how do we think of education? How has the world trained us concerning education? Get there, get it done, graduate, get the paper, and you're good. So it's not really about learning. It's about finishing to get the paper. Because again, I mean, I don't go to the doctor often because I don't have to. I'm healthy. But the next time I do, I will do what I preach about right here. I will do it. I'm going to say, so, what were your grades like in school? Are you a C doctor? Huh? Or were you straight? I just want to know. Because honestly, I deserve a, an A doctor. I don't deserve that doctor that was in that fraternity and was sleeping around every doggone weekend and getting drunk and getting high, but yet passing the test, got through. Okay. Right? I mean, go talk to your mechanic. So, where did you train? What were your grades? But yet, as parents, what do you do to your children? Oh, I'm preaching. You'll go, you brought home a, a D? You're grounded. Give me your phone. You're not, you're going to get your grades up. Yeah, you'll go to a doctor and have no idea what his grades were. But we believe in education. Education changed the world. If everybody just had more education. Well, if everybody had this education, then we would change the world. Now, I'm not belittling. Don't get me wrong, because I'm telling you right now, it's good that things have been made known. And it's good that you get trained. Because really, ultimately, it's just about training in a field that someone's revealed, has found some, has, something's been revealed in some areas that God put in motion anyway. Okay? Now, there are some trainings out there that has nothing to do with God and has everything to do with the devil. Okay? But if you aren't righteous, you can't discern good and evil. So some of you are carrying degrees that are just demonic. Okay. Did you see my philosophy degree? Hmm. Okay. Uh, let's go on. 
It's getting too tight now. It's getting too tight. Uh, I'm leaving tomorrow for Tulsa, so I guess I'm feeling, um, no, I'm not. I mean, I am leaving for Tulsa, but uh, verse 20, for I say to you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the scribes and the Pharisees, the educated, the educated that want to have knowledge without God, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. And then he says in verse 21, you have heard, and I'm not going to go on there because you can, but he ends up basically saying, now you've heard this. And what he does is he starts a class called Heaven University, okay? And he begins to say, now down here on Earth's university, and there's plenty of them out there, they're telling you these things, but I'm fixing to set it straight. I'm setting it straight. I'm going to show you exactly what it really is. And man, he ends up making a statement in this sermon right here that jacks some people up. Not this statement here alone, though that one messed them up, but the next statement really messed them up when he said, y'all shall not commit adultery. You've heard that, but I say unto you. You want to know what the real problem is? Is you're lusting after somebody. In your heart, you've already committed the crime. And you know what the crime is, and you know what the punishment for the crime is, and they like jack them up. Amen. So... There's a training, there's a teaching. So there's the kingdom of God. The reason why we are here is because we've come to class. Now, if you bring the way you did class when you were in elementary and middle school and high school and college and bring that in here, this is why we're like we are. <laughs> okay. I, 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 I wonder... Just bear with me. I wonder if the students at Harvard Law come to class and just sit and watch the instructor. And he breaks out law stuff and things are going to be tested on. They're like, I mean, usually what do they bring to class? They like. I mean, any note takers? <laughs> okay. Matthew 28, 18 to 20. Again, some of you, you're saying to yourself, man, if I could go back to elementary school, I'd do it totally different. Welcome to class. Because there's many that are in elementary school in Heaven's University. He calls them babes in Christ. Right? He says, we need to leave the elementary teachings. <laughs> Got to leave the elementary teachings. And Jesus came up and spoke to them and says, now look, all authority is after his death, burial, and resurrection. He says, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. He says, go therefore. Here's the great commission now. Go therefore and make, make what? Disciples and all uh, of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Make, 
Now, we hear this great commission. The majority of the church hears this great commission, and all they hear is, go therefore and make people born again of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Go therefore into all the world and get people born again, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. But he does not say that. It says, go therefore and make disciples. A disciple of Christ can only become a disciple because they first get accepted. So when you apply to the university, they have to. Okay. You just don't walk up in there and say, I'm coming. What are you doing here? I just decided I'd come to school today. Oh, I'm. What do you do? I mean, seriously, try it tomorrow. Go to Flag. I don't know if they're are they even open. Are they open right now, Flagler? Okay, just checking. Go to class tomorrow. Sit down. Do it tomorrow. Right here in our. Go to St. John's River College. Anybody going to there? St. John's River College right now? Yes. Yeah, stand up, please. Anybody going to Flagler College right now? Okay, stand up. Here's who you go see after service. Go with them to class. Just show up with them and sit down. Siri, what do you think is going to happen? They're going to escort you out. Security, security, security. <laughs> you can be like, look, I want to learn. I want a better life. I want to be educated. They'd be like, you have not been accepted and then you go talk to me about an open border? You're going to talk to me about that? You can go to any church you want to? Okay. Anila. Go to her class tomorrow, and you go to her class tomorrow. Just, and then go to Jacksonville, J-U, then jump down to the University of Florida. Just hop universities. Let's go university hopping. Football season's back, baby. Let's go hop the university. You understand that there is an algebra class, I guarantee you, at every one of these colleges. So sit in that class. So I'll just, you know, I don't really like you as an instructor. I am going to go to University of Florida and take algebra there. <laughs> Hallelujah. Since you're thinking. had to leave Santa Fe Community College at the time, the algebra class, <laughs> because although my grades reflected an A, test came A, pop quiz A, test A, hundreds even. In fact, I could have taught the doggone class. But they were like, um, Mr. Glisson, you have missed class so much <laughs> that unless you withdraw, 
You'll get an incomplete. We cannot pass you. So how many, what's my grades now? Okay. So some of you aren't coming to church enough. You just want me to give you a grade. Well, Pastor, when are you going to start using me in the church? When are you going to show up? I mean, I could teach just like them. I should do Kingdom Institute. I just wish you'd get on the parking lot consistently. But we ain't arguing with these instructors. We ain't arguing with professors. We submit to that whole institution. And pay them. And be indebted to them years later. And while you're paying off your student debt, they have the audacity to send you an alumni letter and ask you to donate to the university. The audacity for them to expect you to give back to that school. We will not give an offering tonight. God forbid we ask for a tithe. We should have filmed tonight. Hallelujah. It is the fourth uh, Wednesday. I will remind you of that. Hallelujah. I'm just saying that God came down and said, listen, <laughs> oh, this is so crazy. I could win every Democratic platform right now and socialist platform right now because we have free education. We have free education for all. All you have to do is get admitted to our university. It's very simple. Just accept Jesus as Lord. Because then when you say Jesus the Lord, then submit to the professors, right? The instructors. They're the teachers, they're the pastors, they're the apostles, they're the evangelists, and they're the um, prophets. And they're going to give you instruction. And you know what? It's free to you. And they're going to ask you, listen, there's a tithe and offering associated with this. We are a nonprofit organization. You understand? God asked for this, and he wants it out of your heart. But tuition itself was paid with the blood. There's already been a benefactor, a donor. What do they call those people? One that done an endowment. It's, our, it's taken care of every campus globally. And he'll not just teach you biblical truths. He'll unlock the universe. Inventions. Creativity. Because so, what's so awesome about him is that he has all these little vessels, you know, since his virtual learning, right? He actually puts me here, but I'm virtual because the Holy Ghost through me that you cannot see is actually giving the instruction. And here's what's so awesome. He goes home with you. And even if you don't have Wi-Fi, you can talk to him. Now, what did you mean?
Hallelujah. Make disciples of all nations, right? But then he, after, after you make a disciple, <laughs> what are you supposed to do? There's a reason why you're going to be a disciple. See, that's the key. That's the light that he said. Now, go, therefore, make a disciple now. Because we got responsibility. We got, we got to get the education system in the earth. Because the kingdom is within grasps. And the reality is, we just, we, we, we just need them to lay hold of it if we can, we can get them educated with the kingdom. So, make a disciple. And where's the university goes? Globally. Okay? And then he tells us, what do we do with the disciples? Verse 20. Teaching. But we're not just teaching. We're teaching with a purpose. <laughs> it's not so you can hear me. It's so you can begin to observe the teaching. Teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Amen. So a disciple means to become a pupil. It means enroll as a scholar. Not just a student, but a scholar. Dr. Miles Monroe said this in his book, Applying the Kingdom. He said, learning is more than mental knowledge of facts and information. The knowledge must be reproducible in practical terms. This means demonstrating the ability to perform the action learned as well as teach it to someone else so they can learn it also. You want me to preach on prosperity without demonstrating it? So we hold the instructor, called the pastor, to a set of standards that I can teach you things, but yet I can't be a benefactor of the things I teach, except for, you know, the stuff like, you know, you got to forgive me when I did you wrong, and you got to walk in love, and you got to answer the phone anytime I call, and because, you know, I mean, now you don't do this to me, I get it, because I won't let you, because I'm smarter than that. I've been educated. Because I'm not your little Jesus. I'm a bad substitute for that. Now, that doesn't mean I don't, I'm not an imitation of him. But you need to learn how to hear him. Is what I'm saying. So, we have to do these things where we learn, grow. I should be in health. Because I preach on healing. That doesn't mean I don't have symptoms at times. At times. But I know how to get them off. I'm not going to teach you to not live in fear, and I can't be an example of what it looks like not living in fear. I mean, we love our nurses and doctors and expect them to push through this time. And they got their degrees from their universities, but God forbid a teacher go to class. Okay, since you're thinking, we'll close with this passage of scripture. I'm going to close right here. I got a lot more, but I'm closing. I'm shutting it down. 
because we got so much, it'll be three more hours, and I'm not going there. I'll come back next Wednesday and do this. Let's see if you return to class. Come on, do I need to get somebody to come do a panoramic real quick so I can check attendance next week? Where's Tony at? <laughs> Amen. I don't check your attendance, but God does. I said God does. God calls you before class all the time. Hey, you going to go to class? Man, I'm tired. You going to go to class? I'm feeling sick. That's all right. We got good doctors there. I'll hear you right now. Oh, he'll take away all your excuses. <laughs> It's a tough university coming to, coming to Heaven's University, the Kingdom University. I'm telling you, it's tough. It's tough. You hear what I'm saying? People dropping stuff in class right now. That's all right. I get it. I get it. Last scripture, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15 says this. Study. <laughs> oh, King James. Study to show, to shew. Study to show your, thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Amplified says it this way, study and be eager to do your utmost to present yourself to God, approved, tested by trial. Notice every piece of training will have a test. This is a test. This is only a test. But again, before I give the test, you know what? I'm God doesn't do pop quizzes. God does not do a pop quiz. Well, let's see what they know. He doesn't do that. He always instructs. He's an equipper. He doesn't lead you somewhere that you have no knowledge about, meaning you don't have enough knowledge to stand and be victorious in that spot. Well, let's just send them out and see how they handle it themselves. No, he doesn't do that. He says, this is how we do it. The problem is that we don't understand. And again, he gives the kind of test that I'm not a big fan of because I was never a big fan in the math side of the word problems, you know, because I would sometimes overthink. Are they saying, <laughs> you know, you're like, because you just put English in my math, man, and I am trying to understand this sentence, right? So I would, those would be a challenge for me. I'd be like, uh, can we just get the equation down? Because I blow this away right now. Because you put words up in here that I'm trying to figure out what your equation is. I get it. But the reality is God will say, go to the other side. And that was enough for them when they hit the problem. Well, we already got the answer. He said, go to the other side. So this can't stop us. Because when he got up and rebuked the winds and waves, he rebuked them and said, you have little faith. And what is faith? Faith comes by hearing with repetition, hearing and hearing by the word of God. I gave you as an instructor enough you needed to know to get to the other side and you failed the test. You failed it. Okay? Study to show yourself approved unto God. Again, study and be eager. Do your utmost. Present uh, yourself to God. Approved. Tested by trial. A workman who has, has no cause to be ashamed. Correctly analyzing, accurately dividing, rightly handling, and skillfully teaching the word of truth. You and I both have been in that class on that day at that test with no confidence. I hope that's right. Hope is not faith. It's multiple choice. 25% you know, right. I hope that was right. I have no real confidence because I don't know. 
but hopefully, right? And then you get it back and you're like, yeah, at least I got that one. But you don't know it. Know how we get all excited about getting something right that we really isn't us? And this is how we are with God. Oh, wow, it came through. But you don't even know what took place for that to have come through. And you're satisfied. Still being ignorant yet passed a test. Instead of saying, your words bring life. Your words overcome every obstacle. I've got to know this thing. The word study means this, and I close with this definition. To do something with intense effort and motivation. To work hard and to do one's best to endeavor. I love coming to church. Not because I'm the teacher. It's because the teacher gets taught while he's teaching. Just like today, I came up and the great teacher said, you know, I was thinking about this. I'm like, that's good. Should I say that? And then he went quiet on me. I'm like, okay. I'll walk away from these notes right now. Because this is your class. And I feel like I'm in a direction here. I could just start going. I'm confident. And then I start hearing a few more things. I'm like, hmm, that's going a little bit different direction than if I would have just opened my mouth. So it's definitely not for today. Let me take some notes real quick. But that's good because that would get some people out of error. And so it's a note to teach later to the class because he said repent. Change your thinking. When you get your mind in alignment with the kingdom and you rightly divide, no longer wrongly divide, no longer satisfied that you skate, you escaped or, or just came through. Wow, it didn't turn. Oh, thank you, Jesus. But I don't even know how it happened. We'll be like, I'm done with that. Because he said that he was going to send somebody to find me, to train me. And if you're not trained, then you're not going to be able to follow the Holy Ghost. But every head bowed and every eye closed, no one's looking around. The kingdom of God offers the only true free education. And it supersedes every type of training you could ever have on planet Earth. It doesn't ignore some things that natural teaching and universities have because those are discoveries of things God has put into motion by his saying, by his speaking in the beginning, God said, and put laws into motion that deal with biology and creation and reproduction and the expansion of the um, universe all kinds of things he just put it into motion and when he spoke it into existence all the gases associated with every planet every spin every axis exactly where it's at every climate every place and the way that the hair grows on that animal's body and the way their dna is reproduced he said it at a word and he understands the code and he can unlock it And he has unlocked it to, to people. But there's still more to discover in his university. Because he said, repent, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And he just don't want you to unlock these natural things down here. He wants you to unlock some supernatural stuff. 
stuff that what science hadn't even been able to touch because it can't because it's a part of a realm that never even sees, although it exists. God gives you access, but it only comes through study, a fervent effort, and you have to keep it because we already know that many of us don't even remember algebra. Many of us don't know the Pythagorean theorem anymore, and we really can't spell that word, Constantinople. Can't do it. Like my first first graders, second graders, Gavin's second graders. Like, how do you spell that? Well, it's because of repetition. What you learned at Anchor Faith Church 10 years ago, if you didn't stay a studier of it, you've already lost it. You've already lost it. But here's the thing. The free education is only for those who believe. Thank you so much for listening to this message. If you want more, subscribe to our message podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Rating and leaving a comment will go a long way with helping our messages get better circulation. If you'd enjoy watching our weekend messages, visit youtube.com forward slash anchor faith. We'd love it if you'd subscribe, leave a comment or a like on the messages. If you'd like to find out more information about us and how we're influencing the world and help support the work we're doing by giving, just visit anchorfaith.com.